Sila and I'm 16. Hi, I'm Rena and I'm 14. Hey, I'm Dahlia and I'm 10. And, and this, this is Things You Thought You Knew About, about History. Where we tell the real story behind historical misconceptions. Ah, uh, George Washington. Father of the country. Military hero. Accomplished general. Member of the Continental Congress. Signer of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. First President of the United States. Only president elected unanimously, meaning everyone who voted chose him. And the little boy who wouldn't lie to his father about chopping down a cherry tree. Um, what? Yeah, he got a hatchet, a little axe, when he was six and couldn't resist using it on his father's cherry tree. When his father saw the tree, he asked young George what happened. George answered, I cannot tell a lie, Pa. You know I can't tell a lie. I cut it down with my hatchet. His father then told him that the truth he told was worth a thousand trees. You know that never really happened, right? Really? It was made up by Mason Locke Weems, a.k.a. Parson Weems. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. An early American minister, author, and bookseller. He wrote a biography of George Washington, The Life of Washington, in 1800, soon after Washington died. Throughout the book, Weems tried to show that President Washington's success was because of his great character. He wanted to give American children someone to look up to. Also, he was a businessman, and he tried to give the readers what they wanted. Great stories about a great man. The legend about the cherry tree first appeared in the fifth edition of the book, and Weems claimed that a friend of George Washington's family told it to him. He said the lady wished to remain anonymous, but she may have never existed to begin with. Everyone loved the story, but I don't know if we'd still tell it today if that was the end of it, but it wasn't. William Holmes McGuffey, a Presbyterian minister and college professor, included the story in one of his famous school readers. His readers were first printed in 1836, used in schools across the country for almost 100 years. The cherry tree story was in McGuffey's eclectic second reader in order to teach children lessons while practicing their reading. While children were learning the story in school, someone else was spreading it in a much weirder way. P.T. Barnum, who would later go on to form the first circus, purchased an enslaved person named Joyce Heth in 1835. He advertised that she was George Washington's nurse, and people came from everywhere to hear her speak about young Washington. One popular story she told was about the cherry tree. The only problem was that he said she was born in 1674 making her 161 years old at the time. How in the world do people believe that? Well, she did look really, really old, even though she was probably only 80. And she told stories they knew and believed, like the cherry tree story. Also, the people then were living through the conflict before the Civil War. They wanted something that reminds them of the patriotism of George Washington's time. They were willing to believe it, since it was what they wanted to hear. How ironic, teaching about the value of truth was a made-up story. Yeah, but the story did inspire some people. One was Abraham Lincoln. On his way to Washington, D.C. as a newly elected president, he spoke to the New Jersey Senate. He listed a few books that taught him important lessons, and then said that it was the life of Washington that inspired him and showed him that Washington was special, and so is what he stood for. Are there any other misconceptions about George Washington? In all the pictures of George Washington, we see he has thick, flowy, white hair. While people often think this is a wig, it isn't. Yeah, that was his real hair, powdered and styled by servants, of course. Powdering was a very common way to do hair back then. Well, what is powdering? People would put hair powders, which were available in different colors, on their hair or wigs. 
First, they would use hair products called pomades or pomatums because these were greasy and would help the powder stick to the person's hair. They wore special outfits and often covered their faces because powder could get everywhere. Some houses even built small separate rooms just for powdering to limit the mess. It's the old-fashioned glitter! <laughs> Men usually wore white or gray, and women usually wore off-white, although in England that popular color for women was different. Fun fact, under all that powdering, George Washington was a redhead. How many more things could we possibly have gotten wrong about George Washington? Well, for one, he didn't have wooden teeth. He did have full dentures by the age of 57 because his poor dental health made him lose all his teeth. But the dentures weren't made of wood. Dentists didn't make wooden dentures at the time. Washington's dentures were made of human teeth, filed animal teeth, ivory, and various metals. Where the human teeth came from is confusing. Some may have been from the dentists. Back then, dentists kept teeth for when patients needed. Extremely poor people sometimes sold their teeth to the dentist to make some money. Some may have been his own that had been pulled out earlier. It's recorded in George Washington's financial record and the record of the plantation manager that he purchased nine teeth from enslaved people in 1784. But even though he paid the enslaved people for their teeth, they may not have had a choice. These teeth may have been purchased for Washington's dentures, but it's more likely that they were for the dentist, who's probably Dr. Jean-Pierre Lee Mayer. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. If they were Washington's, they were in a partial denture because at that point he had some teeth left. Why did people think they were wood? We don't really know. It could be because the dentures were stained over time, and that gave them a dark, grained, wood-like appearance. It could be in part because his dentures were painful, so people thought they couldn't be teeth. There's still a lot we don't know about George Washington's teeth, dental health, and dentures because not everything survived or was well recorded. That's a ton of myths. I'm sure we've ran out. Well, actually, there's quite a few more, but that's the last one we'll cover today. Now it's time for... Trivia! So here's how it'll work. We'll ask a question and then count down from 10 so you have time to answer. If you need more time, feel free to pause. The trivia will cover random U.S. president facts, so I hope you know your U.S. presidents. Who was a peanut farmer before they became president? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And the answer is Jimmy Carter. Which president played five instruments? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And the answer is Richard Nixon. Bonus question. What were the five instruments he played? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And the answer is piano, violin, saxophone, clarinet, and accordion. Who was the 31st president? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And the answer is Herbert Hoover. Who was the first president born after the American Revolution? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And the answer is Martin Van Buren. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed.
If you want a notification when our next podcast episode comes out, be sure to subscribe. Have a great month and enjoy your Thanksgiving. And here for the sources. These sources are cited on our website, so be sure to look there if you want to read them. We used a lot of articles from MountVernon.org that will be listed on our website. We also used an article by Jerry Walton called Hair Powder, History of Its Popularity and Unpopularity. The trivia facts are from National Geographic article, U.S. Presidential Fun Facts, and a blog from the Library of Congress called Headlines and Heroes, 20 Questions, U.S. Presidential Trivia Quiz.